I just loved it. It totally lit me up, but it was my side project. And I just thought, right, now is the time. I Believe in You with Lizelle Hartley. Hello, and welcome to I Believe in You, the podcast about setting your goals and achieving your dreams. I'm your host, Lizelle Hartley, a business and personal mentor and author of the Discovery Journal, I Believe in You. This season, we are talking with seven professionals who have taken their passion and turned it into a career. All of our guests are at different stages of their journey and have a different story to share. A lot of us have considered starting our own business at some point in our lives. But deciding what you should actually do with that business can sometimes be more challenging than starting it. Raya Eastman has an interesting journey to run her own business now. Thanks for joining us, Raya. It's so lovely to have you in the studio here today. Thank you so much, Lizelle, for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. The audience can't see it, but you all flare up today. You've got a silver jacket on, you've got your silver boots, your denim skirt, your chill. And that is what I absolutely love about you. It's that flair that you bring into the world of fashion. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Tell me who's Raya and where is she ending up today? Well, Azal, it's my story, I guess, goes back to when I was born into a family of very creative people. And my mum is the most amazing, flared lady you would ever meet. And without even knowing, the way I was brought up had such an impact on how I looked at life and how I looked at fashion and style and used it to really express who I was. And that's something my mum taught me from a very early age is to to dress every day and have fun and to really enjoy fashion and style. It's something that you, you do every day, you get dressed up and to really embrace who you are and embrace your uniqueness and to dress with creativity and have fun and to not care what other people think either. So from a very early age, we shared this passion together and it was certainly something that was really special as a mother-daughter thing to have. And I just remember so many times going to our country, our little um, granny flat out the back and that's where she kept a lot of her old clothes from when she was younger and I would try these on there'd be these funny hats and all these amazing accessories and it was such a beautiful bonding experience and later on as the years went on and I grew up I'd I'd still be asking her mum where's that funny old leather jacket with those flared pants you had and she'd be pulling these things out so I still own clothes that she wore in the 60s and 70s and do you still wear it I do I do still wear it and people always ask me where did you get that and I say it's my mum's and that's another thing she taught me was to really invest in pieces that really speak to you and that resonate with you and that's quality because they're the things that that express who you are and, and they last for ages we have such fast fashion that we go through these days. And I think that's something that my mum definitely passed on is to really resonate with what you wear and how you express yourself and what you choose to put on. And uh, it really helps, I guess, tell the world who you are 
and and um, express everything about you simply by an image and what you present. So growing up as a little girl in the country, we um, we had so many fun experiences, as I said, not only at home, but when we would um, go to the big smoke, so the city, we would head off and always, of course, wear our best outfit. We'd plan ahead and get a really fancy outfit to come together and even at a young age I had a little bag and I had necklaces and things like that and I loved it. Did you look like little models in the street of the city? (laughs) Probably probably. and in fact it's funny because we go out now in the city and we both look like I don't know we're off to sometimes people say are you ladies off to a fancy dress party? (laughs) Um, One particular time I rocked up to pick my mum up and that was that particular moment and I was dressed head to toe in animal print and she too was dressed in animal print (laughs) and so we looked at each other and thought oh well let's just rock it and head to the city and that's when people were like oh you ladies look interesting where are you off to (laughs) but when I was little we'd come to Perth for this special special uh, trip out and instead of going to like the Perth Zoo and going to the art gallery and to the movies, we would hit the city and go shopping. And I knew the ins and outs of every arcade, where to get the the best jewellery. I knew the antique stores. I knew all the places to go. And and from there, it was it was so much fun. And there, I also learned the to relish in the rummage so that is to to get in there and really dig through stuff to really find treasures that resonate with you and that you love and also to to have fun and share that experience with not only with my mum but to share that joy with other people as well so when you dress to express yourself and your personality I really think that helps let people in to know who you are and to inspire other people and to bring joy to their lives because you're having fun is really, really quite special. And um, as I say, I think a lot of this I probably took for granted because it was just me. It's just my family. It's just how we are. And it's really, really nice now to have turned that into a business where I am actually doing this for people. So I just want to take you one step back because obviously you grow up, you have experience that not a lot of girls out there have but you were born and brought up to be a stylist but your life take a bit of a different journey you you didn't necessarily straight go into the fashion world what happened tell us a bit more about that no that's so true um I think part of it when I was going through my schooling was I was very strong at science and maths and as far as creativity goes, it was more of you would, if you were creative, you did art. And back then, I think the art very much was paintings and drawings and, you know, creating still life. And I was really bad at that. So I just thought, oh, well, I won't pursue a creative artistic career path. I'll stick to science and maths that I'm really strong in. And so I ended up pursuing a career in physiotherapy because one of my big core values, and I think I get this from my dad, is to really help people and make a difference in their life and really make an impact. And I thought, physio, you can do that. And that was really important to me. So 
I did that and I followed the um, the steps to get there and it was also a really clear-cut career path. You ended up with a really good job. You you know you could see what areas you could work in, and that's exactly what I did. And a funny story is um, that I look back now and and laugh because at my physio graduation, I went along and I dressed in this gold dress and I handmade this big chunky necklace that was inscripted. It said physio. And it was made of twisted brass and pearls. And I presented with a friend. We did these awards for everyone. It was called the Hammy Awards instead of the Grammy Awards. And I did all these um, funny awards and this presentation. And when I sat down, the Dean of Physiotherapy, so the head of Curtin University within that um, department, looked at me and looked at my necklace and what I was wearing. And she, she said... Raya, why did you ever do physiotherapy? <laughs> and I kind of had a chuckle to myself thinking, I, I loved it and I love what I did, but I knew that there was this creative side in me that wasn't being fulfilled. And I, I did other things, I guess, to, to fulfill that. So I loved what I did and it fulfilled my um, need to help people. But over the years there was just this huge, important value to me, which was creativity and uniqueness that never quite made it into my work life. So when did this specific turn come in your career where you actually had that moment to say, I'm stopping this career and I'm going to take styling up as my career? I guess that it really was a defining moment because my last job was, again, fulfilling my desire to help people and make a difference. So I took on a position as a special needs education specialist and I knew with my skill set, so with my personal experience and with my background in education and as a health professional, I knew I could really help this young boy and his family to help navigate the tricky world of, of autism. And I knew I had the skills to do that and I had the passion and I really wanted to make a difference in their life. So I, I did that and it was very fulfilling and very rewarding, but I just still felt this emptiness or this lack of kind of, I guess, ticking all and all the boxes of what my values were. And on reflection, I'm a big journaler, and on reflection, it was kind of a pattern that kept popping up. Mm -hmm. Like when I did physio, when I did uh, medical wrapping and all these other uh, careers, the creativity and the uniqueness of doing things my way and really being really innovative in the way I approach things, it just wasn't there. And so it was that moment that I thought... You know, this side passion, which I did to fulfill those desires, I just thought, right, I have been doing this for on the side for like 25 years or more. And that is styling and and um, being creative and helping with events. I did a lot of charity work and helped with fashion events and so on. And I just loved it. It totally lit me up, but it was my my side project. And I just thought, right. Now is the time. 
I have to give this a red hot go and really invest my time, my money, energy into really making this into a career because it occurred to me that it does tick all my values of being creative and and spreading joy and positivity and also, you know, doing things uniquely and differently. But also I realised that I can make an impact and really make a significant difference in people's lives. So, yeah. So was... you, you haven't just made an impact when you walk into the studio today with your glitter <laughs> silver, but I know that the career that you're in is making an impact because that changes people's um, whole perspective on how I feel about myself and how do I enjoy. Like you say, I just love dressing up where most people say, I hate getting dressed every day. So you're quite the opposite there. So it's quite a strong statement to say, I have earned a salary for um, your physio from the educational world, but now I stop all of that. And I'm going to do my own business. Can you share with us what is the biggest challenges you face in this? That was really hard for me because when you think of spending years investing time and energy and money on studying and going to university and working in an area that you're officially trained, you've got the degree, you've done all the extra work. And to initially I thought, oh my goodness, I'm throwing all this away. I'm throwing all this certainty away. I'm throwing all this past energy away. And then I thought, and we all know this, that what we have done in the past really helps shape who we are today and helps build on the strengths that we have. And I know that I am such, I'm a, a very different stylist, but I bring, bring this uh, uniqueness that has come from my medical background and my ability to really dig deep and find out what people are all about and what is underlying behind, behind them and being able to draw this out and bring it to the fore. So everything that we have done in the past is important and it's not lost. It's not lost. You're not letting go of it all. But so so bringing that into my future as a stylist is is a great thing. And also one thing I've learned is to really trust myself and to trust my innate strengths, what I've been born to do, I guess, and, and with all that pre-training in my childhood, uh, to really embrace all that. And that is me and that's my story and I love sharing it with people and sharing my, my strengths and my passions and, and all the things that have, um, I've done along the way to upskill myself in so many different ways that perhaps I didn't really even know at the beginning. So if I say bring it back to your challenges because you're now in a career which you're now first of all in a business world that is so different from what it was 10 years ago. And I mean, I've been in business my whole life. So as long as I can remember, I've run my own little businesses. But, um, and I have more than one at a time 
in all different ways. But what happened 10 to 15 years, even five years ago in business world is totally different today. So to step out in a business world that is not just face to face or bricks and water, but is also online. Can you tell us what is your biggest challenges with you stepping into the business world? Well, I definitely knew that styling and coaching and creating were my strengths, but running a business was so not my strength. And I hadn't had any experience in it before. I'd worked for, you know, for hospitals, for corporates, for, for people that did all that stuff. And so I, I knew I needed help with that. And because I wanted to dive into this and make it a success, I knew I had to bring people on for that and to employ experts to help me and to launch me forward and also to learn from other people's mistakes. I want to, I want to fast track this. I've been waiting years to do this. <laughs> I don't want to waste too much time. <laughs> so knowing and embracing your skills and really owning that is important, but then also knowing what your weaknesses are and asking for help and bringing on people to support you in that area I think is certainly something that I'm I'm um, embracing and and living by as I begin this business so yes it is quite a little bit of a challenge there it's a it's a challenge for you that had never had a business and step into the business world and be there and I found one of the biggest mistakes most of my clients made is they compare themselves with other businesses in the same industry. They don't go and read the story behind that business that had struggled for 15 years before they actually come to life, but they start their business off in six months' time and they want to put them even to a business that might have a big um, financial injection or might have already existed for 20 years or had the capacity to employ a lot of people to do the thing. And that's where that's a challenge for a lot of um, women, especially moving into the businesses, into their own business that they create in that place. But we all know that it's important that you have somebody that believe in you, somebody that support you. So share with us a little bit, who's the, who's the person that um, kind of say to you, you can do this, you're doing well, because as we know, in the business world, there's days coming where you wake up and think, why am I doing this? What is, what's the reason of this? Or, you know what, I'm not making as much money as I should make. I don't get enough clients on this stage. So who's that people that encourage you to keep going? When you said, what's your why? I immediately thought of my kids because that's really what drives me so much to pursue a passion, my passion, and to make a career of it because they are such a big motivator for me to demonstrate to my kids that you can follow your passion and you can do what you want to do and live your dreams is a huge motivator. And recently, one of my um, kids came up to me, my daughter, and she said, Mum, I'm so proud of you. And it was absolute gold because you can get reviews from clients, from businesses that you work with. But when your kids say and see what you do, see how it lights you up mm-hmm. and you are being a role model within, within a career and showing them what they can achieve, 
that's just amazing and that's really a big part of my why and and why I I've pursued this and really made a goal of um choosing this as, as my career and following my passion so that's that's where that comes from and as far as support goes look as I mentioned before it's bringing on people to help you with areas that aren't your strengths mm. and I have um this year was my decision to bring on a business mentor because I really knew that I needed that guidance. I needed that support. And with a business mentor, you can, you can really tailor it specifically to your business and your needs. And what I also find so important is it's, it's dealing with me as a person and acknowledging my life and my lifestyle. So that's one thing I guess to look out for when you're looking for a business mentor is you know, you're not just looking at the business that you're creating, it's the person who's creating it. And I do have many hats that I wear as a parent and as a carer of a child with special needs and as a you know, homemaker and a financial administrator and all those things that we do. And that is part of who I am and that is part of me working through and making this business work. And that's... Um, a really great thing if you find someone to support you knowing who you are, what your goals are, but also knowing what your um, background challenges are to make it um, to make it happen. The other thing I knew I needed was to have someone help me set goals and to really prioritize and to be accountable for those as well. So and to set realistic goals, again, considering my lifestyle and my home life and and what I take on board. So having a business mentor to help me with that is so, so good. And Raya, you mentioned a few very interesting points, but valuable points there. Is the first one is accountability. And the second one is to set goals within my bound in my achievement, not boundaries, but what I can achieve. Because as a person, we normally set goals that's outside of our reach. We don't reach it and we think we fail. So is it very valuable for you to have that mentor to keep you accountable, but also to help you to set that goals that you can reach? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people find this when you are in your life and in your business, it's often difficult to see everything. Whereas if you've got someone externally looking in, they can see all that. They can see, you know, are you overwhelmed? Do we need to take this back a little bit? Or can we extend you a little bit more? That's not big enough, that goal. And they can see your potential. So I think that's extremely important to have someone outside and for them to help you to establish those goals and and then, as you said, to make yourself accountable, because when it is us, when it's you, you can kind of have those days where you shift that to the next week or, or things just become um, overwhelming and, and you do lose priority um, over things and what's important and what's not. So checking in with someone to see how you're going and to work with you to, to make little adjustments and to really support you is um, it's it's so valuable. 
And I must say, when I work with my clients, sometimes that somebody can say, listen, you are amazing, you do a great job and it's good. But sometimes you don't even take that on board. It's like a mom compliment her children and they say, mom, you doesn't count, you can't do that. But I feel that, that we are so hard on ourselves as business, new business owners, that we not always give us the credit. And that's where I found where I sometimes had to stop my clients and said, hang on, this is gold. This achievement you just got, it's not just somebody say, hi, you're really good. That is actually showing that you are good. And just stop a minute because six months ago, nobody knows of you. Now there's already somebody getting up to you and say, what you do is totally amazing. And I think that's sometimes that moment you need to actually realize, but what I do is amazing. And then... How do you balance the mum life out with the career life? Because there's a lot of um, women and even men listening to us today and they're going to say, it's nice to say I have a business, but sometimes just being a mum is a full-time job. Is there, do you have schedules in place or do you know what you do which day? Or how do you get yourself not to become overwhelmed or just being feel that you're not on top of things? Taking on a business and all those other roles has been uh, an interesting journey for me. And look, I couldn't have done it without a business mentor. So someone externally to say, okay, let's look at your schedule. Let's carve out this time and to talk me through that and to really uh, work on prioritizing tasks and setting realistic goals and so on, as I said. So having someone help help me do that and support me to do that and also to say, you know what, it's okay. Take the weekend off. Go and do that. Don't even <laughs> think about it. And um, having that permission to do things um, like that or not to do things is really good as well because I think – when you are um, wearing so many hats, you want to be the best at what you do in everything. And your energy is spread out. And it's, um, you know, after working and, and when you don't have children and you're not a mum, you're so used to achieving so much and focusing right on what you're doing and your career. And it's such a change to be able to 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 give up some of that. When I say give up, I mean to be kinder to yourself and to be more realistic and to be um, yeah be, be sort of softer on yourself to know that you are achieving things and know that you are progressing and everything you do is moving you forward and to accept it might not be at the pace that you are used to or that you want to, mm-hmm. but every step forward is is progress. And I guess with a business mentor, they remind you of that. Yeah, and that's very important to say the pace. As long as you move forward, you don't have to move by um, 120 kilometers an hour forward but as long as you move forward because there's no value in your business if your business move very fast forward but everything else around you fall off the wagon like the kids is the household the kids the husband everything is upside down but the business is going very well so it's all about balance in that space so in this styling career, you as a fashion and image stylist, there's so much competition here in Perth. So 
what and how are you different from the rest? What do you do that is different that make you this um, flared by Raya? So it's a whole amalgamation of all my my past, I guess, that I pulled together um, of the way I grew up, all the study I've done in the past, because my way of approaching styling is all about, it's not so, it, it is about the clothes, but it's not all about the clothes. It's all about understanding the person and to helping, helping them to really embrace their uniqueness and their inner brilliance and to be able to discover this and to be able to define it and to create a style signature, I call it, that really reflects who they are as a person, who they are and who they wish to be and to then empower them with the skills to to dress to express this with creativity and with absolute confidence knowing that their style is authentic to them and they are showing to the world who they are and and what they're all about and and their amazing uniqueness and to be able to add flair to their look as well so that they're adding on their personality and and telling the world this is me and this is this is the best me I absolutely love how you say it. You found their style signature for them. So obviously it's not just go take them, buy something for them or or take them on a shopping trip. You do really dive into your client's personality, found out who they are because you need to find that style signature. So just give us a bit of a quick rundown. How do you do that? Yeah, so I have um, quite an in-depth an eight-step process to this but to kind of sum it up it's broken into three different areas and the first one is your physical attributes so that's helping to uh, style women to dress to their best in regards to their coloring and in regards to their body shape and that's to do with the the physical side so the clothing that they wear and how they and how they dress and what suits them suits them the best and what's most flattering on them And then the second part is really uncovering their inner brilliance, which there's so many components to that. And that's um, something I really love doing. And I really feel my background as a medical professional probably helps me with this. (laughs) And that's really peeling back the layers and looking at what makes that person them, what makes them unique, what their values are and what their personalities and their strengths and all those things, their history, their story, all that bring is is what makes you you and to be able to communicate that and do that with confidence and know that you are expressing authentically who you are and get excited about that and embrace your uniqueness and your 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 brilliance is so so powerful and it's almost like a bit of a coaching um, exercise I know with clients there's it's so rewarding when people say that they have discovered so much about themselves not only their style, but about themselves on the journey, which is absolute, it's so beautiful. And then the third component, I guess, particularly if you're um, a, um, a business owner or, you're, or you, you have your own career, is to look at your brand and your brand essence. And combining those three things together help make your style signature. It's all about how you want to feel and what you wish to radiate to the world. 
Raya, I absolutely love your passion. Just by talking about this, I can see how the passion come out and how it's not just a job for you, but it's really your passion to let people understand and love and found their signature in the world of fashion. So to wrap this up, do you have a favorite phrase that you can share with our audience? Before you leave the house, look in the mirror and add a touch of flair. If you would like to know more about Raya, you can find her details in the episode description. Next time, we will be talking with someone who can turn an unloved space into a place where people want to gather. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, I believe in you. You've been listening to the I Believe in You podcast. If you're interested in learning some tips for your business, Lazelle's online course is now available with a 10-week program focusing on turning your passion into a business. The course covers the eight important steps on setting your business up from branding to launch with a step-by-step guide to help you achieve your goals. The I Believe in You workbook is also available for purchase through our online portal. You can find all the details in this episode's description. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our local Bendigo Bank mobile relationship managers and produced by Bad Bard Productions.